Welcome to week four of our marriage class here at Palm Vista Community Church. Our class is entitled Breaking Bliss, A Marriage That Glorifies God. And we've taken a look at different aspects of marriage and different uh, contours in our marriages. Last week we looked at romance. This week we want to look at how mercy is the scent of our marriages. So if you are a person who's highly... Uh, susceptible or highly uh, attuned to sense, then you'll understand when I say that our marriages give off a scent and they give off some sort of a, uh, a smell that either attracts or re- repels, okay? Um, and uh, for me, scents are very, very important. I, I often am easily attracted or easily repelled by scents. A bad scent man drives me away. A good scent will, will bring pleasure to me. I, I just got coffee. I get coffee in the mornings for our setup team, and I love the smell of Cuban coffee when I walk up to the window. Uh, my wife's cooking, um, but we also have cats in our neighborhood. Nothing against cats. I actually like the cats because we also don't have, we have very few bugs, and we have no mice or rodents, and I know why, because the cats use them as their little playthings. Uh, but every once in a while, they leave a little reminder of their presence right by our front door. And that stinks. And when I walk up and I smell that, I'm going, oh, i got to find that. I will stop everything, find it, get it out of there. Because I'm very attuned to, to sense. And so in our marriages, mercy is what I think attracts. And if we take it at a higher level... If, if we're to be faithful witnesses of the gospel and if marriage is one of the primary ways that God has ordained for us to uh, display the gospel, Christ's love for the church, the husband's love for the wife, the church's relationship, love, submission to, to Christ, the wife's love and submission and care for the husband. If that is what the Bible teaches, then our marriages either provide a scent that will attract or repel. And that's pretty serious. Uh, but then on a, on a coming down a couple of levels, just, just to live with someone um, in, in a measure of joy, uh, mercy is a huge factor. If your marriage is marked, the scent of your marriage is mercy, then even in your, your hard times, we all have them, there will be a prevailing scent that, that, is, that is beautiful. And that, that's my prayer for us all. And that's really the question that I would start with, what is the scent of our marriages? There in your notes. Is it mercy? Is it patience? Is it kindness? Uh, right? Love is patient. That's the first thing it says in 1 Corinthians 13. Kindness. Kindness when there are weaknesses in our spouse. Not even sin. I mean, obviously, mercy, forgiveness for sin, we, we get that. But kindness often is just, you know, you're weak. And that weakness can drive me crazy. But I want to walk in kindness towards you. And I want to be merciful towards you. And then the question is, why? Where, where does that mercy come from? Why are we to be merciful? Well, the scripture you have in front of you. We're going to take a look at that this morning and apply this scripture to our marriages. It's Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. I'm reading from the ESV. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. 
And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from the one or from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, so uh, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. <clears throat> and if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. So, I believe this text teaches us what you have there in the notes. Be merciful toward one another, as your Heavenly Father is merciful. So, how do we apply this to our marriages? What does that look like in our marriages? Well, point one, I think it looks like spending lots of time in your marriage thinking about God's mercy towards you, thinking about how Jesus has really been merciful towards you. Uh, Because God had mercy on us at the cross, we are to have mercy toward one another. And, And so when you're thinking about this, what I want you to have in mind is the following scenario. How do you respond when your spouse doesn't treat you in a considerate or kind way? When they forget to do something, you ask them to do. How do you respond to your spouse when your spouse openly defies you or disagrees with your opinion? How do you respond to your spouse when they just don't seem to appreciate you? They don't appreciate how you serve them, but rather they selfishly demand more. And how do you respond to your spouse when the thanks don't come, but rather a veiled criticism or even worse, indifference to your work is there mercy for sin is there patience and kindness for weakness that's the question i believe that this text drives us toward when it says be merciful toward one another as your heavenly father is merciful and i would just say this take some time to work through this text with your spouse Uh, If you're listening to this, you're a member of Palm Vista, or you've been a Christian for a long time, I know you're probably thinking, yeah, I know this, Al. But but just slow down a little bit and and think about this. The cross defines God's mercy toward his enemies, toward ungrateful rebels. That that last section, those last two verses. He is kind, the very last verse, he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. That's us. We are the ungrateful. We are the evil. It shows us how precious mercy is because mercy came at a great price. Think about the price that God paid to be merciful to you and me because God is just. And so he's not going to simply overlook our sin, but he made provision to be able to be merciful toward us by coming and dying on the cross for us. That's huge. That's huge. And that leads us to point two, that we are then merciful toward one another. What does that mercy look like? What is that scent of mercy in our marriages? Uh, just This is something that Corey either wrote or taught a long time ago, and I wrote it down somewhere, and I just thought it, it, it summarized this point here. 
how we relate to others in their weakness and sin reveals our true grasp of the gospel. Now that is a nice diagnostic, isn't it? We have some physicians here, right? It's a nice x-ray, all right? So how do I understand the gospel? Well, take a look at the x-ray of how do I respond when my spouse is simply weak. Let's just go with simply weak. We could, we could talk about sin, but let's just go with weakness and whatever you're thinking of right now. Uh, Desi and I have been taking these personality tests because one of our children said, hey, take what, what, what color are you? This test tells you what color you are, okay? And there's another one that we're taking that this guy that's helping us with kind of doing some consulting for us said, take this one. It's not colors, but it's definitions of who you are. And those are helpful, right? So we, what we found out is every personality type definitely has strengths and definitely has weaknesses, right? So when you bump, your strength bumps up into their weakness, how do you respond? This reveals our true grasp of the gospel. This reveals our understanding of what Christ did for us at the cross. It's easy to love people, this is quoting Corey now, when they do as you say and serve you. Oh, very easy. But how about when they don't do as you say, when they test you, when they sin against you, when they're weak, and they fail to be trustworthy? That's the true test. The test comes when others fail to fulfill their commitments, when others show up late to an event that is important to you, when others don't respond or delay in returning your phone calls or your emails, when they don't carry their weight at home, when they make a mistake for the third or fourth or fifth time in a row, or if you've been married a long time for the 35th time in a row. Every year, honey. Yes, every year. Or when they say one thing and do another. And they mean it when they say it, but then they are weak. They just don't do it. Or maybe they sin. Right? There, there, there's that little, there's that bandwidth. It's not always sin. Sometimes it can be weakness. But it, they didn't do what they said they were going to do. In that moment comes the test. As we understand God's mercy toward us, we're able to extend it toward others. And in the process, minister to them. Now here's the deal. In Scripture... It talks about the scent of mercy bringing people to the cross. So, twofold. If there's mercy, if I'm releasing the scent of mercy in my marriage, right? There's two scents you can release at that moment, right? Without being graphic. There is a scent that is beautiful and nice and we buy it at the store. And then there's other scents that are produced organically that aren't so pleasant. So, at that moment which scent is being released, actually mercy will draw your spouse to the cross. And mercy, if it, if it is the sort of the, the prevailing wind of your, of your marriage, can draw other people to the cross because they look at that and they go, I, I saw that and I saw that and I could tell that it kind of bothered them, but something else is being released here. It's not just what we see in the world. What, what, what is that? The Bible says it draws people to Christ because that is what Jesus did for us. He didn't give us what we deserve. He bore the penalty. He bore our sin. He bore the hurt that we might gain the blessing. And isn't that what mercy is all about? Mercy rightly received transports others back to the cross. And for some, maybe for the very first time. Do our lives have the scent of mercy? Do our marriages smell like mercy? Point three, what is mercy's fragrance? Well, now we're drilling down into some of the specifics. If you look at verse 35, 
which I don't think I have verses there in the notes, but it's verse 35. It says, love your enemies and do good and lend, expect nothing, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. See, the scent of love is mercy, and mercy's fragrance is kindness toward the ungrateful and the evil. It, it is what our Heavenly Father does, and therefore, when we act that way, we prove to be faithful image bearers as his sons and his daughters. I'm sure you know, all of you have this in your families. I happen to have not only children, but grandchildren. And my oldest grandchild, as soon as he was born, hey, he looks just like you. He's, he has green eyes. He's kind of got a little bit of my facial structure. Uh, he said, wow, that looks just like you. Well, he's my grandson. I mean, he should, right? Not exactly like me, but he should, right? My son, I, I've looked at pictures of my father. I would say my son looks a lot like my dad. A uh, little bit like me, but man, I just look at those pictures. Wow, that is my dad. Uh, right down to his skin color, everything is the, his build. He just looks like my dad. Well, they're related, right? We're, we are his sons. We are his daughters, showing kindness toward the ungrateful and evil. And I believe the ungrateful and evil captures both mistakes, weaknesses, evil, pure sin from our spouse. It's not easy, but there's a reward offered to us. The reward is communion with God himself and reflecting his image like father, like son. So so what does it look like to be kind? Back to the text. Again, verses 27 and 28 speaks of doing good to those who hate us, blessing those who curse us, and praying for those who abuse us. Do you see that? Verse 27, But I say to you here, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. What what does that look like for you? I'm not quite sure. Um, It could look like, you know, doing good to those who hate us. By the way, you understand that Jesus did this often. He took an extreme. Love your enemy, right? Pegged it to the very extreme. From the greater, he works down to the lesser. If you're to love your enemy, that pretty much includes any possible scenario, then certainly you're to love your spouse. Even when they're kind of acting like your enemy at that moment. Okay? So, you know, doing good to those who hate you. I realize your spouse doesn't hate you. But in that moment, they're loving themselves maybe more than you. And the Bible kind of defines that as hate. So, so what does that look like for you? I don't know. Maybe for us husbands... Um, It looks like being kind to our wife, even though we feel she may be a little demanding, a little critical, a little negative, because usually criticality and negativity we would interpret as a lack of respect, and the temptation is to be harsh back. Ladies, it could look like uh, when your husband is being harsh and gives into that, still giving yourself to them in many different ways, not just physically, but emotionally, not holding that grudge. What does it look like to bless those who curse you? Again, you remember the extreme. I'm not saying they're cursing you, but they're doing things that aren't blessing you. Let's put it that way. It could be as silly as the classic, you know, toothpaste not rolled up or whatever it is for you. Or it can be kind of really bad, like in your marriage. You know, you got some things that you do to each other. You know you're going to get a rise when you do that, right? So what does it look like to bless them? You know, how can I return a blessing when I'm getting something other? I know it's hard. 
And then pray for those who abuse you. This one goes without saying. Are we praying for our spouse? I, I, I thank God for the ladies in this church. I, I, think those, I think the ladies in this church probably do a better job of praying than we do, men. Are we praying every morning? I, I heard this from somebody, and, and I don't do it all the time, but a lot of times when I wake up in the morning, and you may not be a morning person, so this may not apply to you, but and Desi is a morning person too, so we tend to wake up together. I realize some couples, that's not the case. I got that, okay? But I'll just hold her and just pray for her audibly. Not a long prayer. But so like the first thing she hears in the morning is, is my prayer for her. I don't do it every morning. But boy, that starts the day off nicely. I'm praying for you. Even if I wake up with a thought that maybe from an argument from the day before or something, I'm, I don't give place to that. I'm blessing. I'm praying. Are we doing that for one another? Verses 29 and 30. Uh, kindness. We're talking about what is kindness, okay? If you think about a fragrance, like a perfume, what are the ingredients in that perfume? Uh, perfume. So kindness refuses to take vengeance against those who sin against us. In verses 29 and 30. To the one who, who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. I, I would say that that isn't necessarily physically if someone punches you, give them the other cheek. I don't believe that. I think the offering of the cheek here is friendship. You know, the, the Hispanic culture, we offer the cheek to, you know, good morning and we'll kiss each other that way. I believe that's more the idea here. That you're not pulling back your, your friendship, so to speak, your rela- you're not be- giving them the cold shoulder, but you're pressing in. And you're still there. You're not going to return evil for evil. From the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. So I think that's, that's a big point. Like, I refuse to take vengeance against you. Now, let me be clear about this. That doesn't mean that I allow any abuse to continue happening. All right, that's a big, big point here. Now, I realize that, you know, I'm speaking to many different people in many different marriages. Um, I understand that someone may be listening to this, that there's actual abuse going on in the marriage. I don't believe that that scripture teaches that you allow that abuse to continue. No way. No way. If there's physical abuse, you tell somebody. And you may even have to prosecute. There may be some legal matters going on. But here's what I do believe it teaches. That your heart is still for them to see them be redeemed and changed. There's a difference between seeing justice done and not putting up with abuse and as they're walking by going, yeah, and I hope you rot in prison, but rather weeping for them, not putting up with the abuse, stopping that. Justice must be served. But then mercy. I I want you to know that I'm praying for you. Do, Do you see the difference? It's the difference between your teeth clenched and you just hope the worst for them. Versus broken, sorrowful, and got to take measures to protect, but weeping for them. That, that's the point. Now, I don't think we're at that place in this room. I don't think so. So for us, it's more the idea of, am I really for them? You know, do, do I really care about them? It, well, I, I love this quote in your notes from Dave Harvey. The last quote. Mercy is a train that tows sympathy behind it. Right? You can be, you can exercise justice. You can call something what it is, and it can be a little uncomfortable. Uh, yesterday, I was counseling somebody. It was so uncomfortable, man. I, I was literally sweating because I was looking them right in the eyes and telling them. They asked me, and I said, 
uh, I believe that's wrong. And the scripture says, don't do it. Stop it. And I'm, I mean, I'm sweating. <laughs> when they left, you know, I'm just drenched with sweat. I mean, that was difficult. But I can say it in a way that is, that is loving. That there's sympathy. There, isn't that what, how God treats us? Boy, he knows our hearts. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't in Christ, he forgives us. Therefore, he, he'll, he'll confront us. And there'll be real discipline. There, there can be consequences. But it's always with the heart to redeem and to draw you toward him. That's what, I think that's what this is talking about, okay? Uh, I love this scripture. You can jot it down, 1 John 4.12. 1 John 4.12. Excuse me, 4.10. 1 John 4.10. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. No time to go into it, but that word propitiation means that God took away the thing that would cause his righteous wrath to be upon him, uh, upon us. The idea is, look, we did some things that we deserve wrath. God gave his son for us so that he could give us kindness and yet still justice is served. I think that's what it's talking about here when it's saying, don't demand it back. Don't, you know, don't do that. It's, it's the fragrance of mercy. It's the fragrance that draws people to, to God himself. It, it's the fragrance, I think, for most of us that applies when there's weakness. This quote here under point three. The first quote, mercy says, my love will not be conditional on your change in an area of weakness. Oh, that's convicting for me. You see, the weakness of my spouse is designed to build godliness in us. The weakness of your spouse is designed to build godliness in you and a godliness, according to this text, that has an eternal reward right? At the end of the text here, but love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, expecting nothing in return. Oh my, when I lend and do good, I expect a lot in return. And your reward will be great. Here it is. You will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. See, that's where faith launches us into this marriage that has this scent that is, that is unique. Unique. Are we sympathetic toward one another in our marriages? Are, are we kind to one another? How do we respond to our spouse's limitations? We all have them. We all have them. How do you respond? And you might be thinking right now, maybe you can have a conversation later. Baby, what are my limitations? <laughs> you know, kindly share them. I'm asking. But then you who are giving them their limitations need to ask yourself, how do I respond? You say, honey, how do I respond to those? Do I cover them? You know, that whole thing of we are, they were naked and unashamed in the garden, uh, Genesis 2. Is there a place in our marriages where we're covering one another's limitations and caring for one another and being sympathetic? Yes, calling others to account, particularly if there's sin. I'm not saying we overlook things. But is there a place where we can change and grow? That's what kindness does. Do we see it in our marriage? Patience and understanding and sympathetic help. Tough question to ask, but ask your spouse. Are you more aware of my daily help and care, or are you more aware of my daily disapproval? 
Are you more aware of my daily help and care and covering you? Or are you more aware of my daily disapproval? Again, caveat, bridge. There is a place to honestly share with them. Baby, can we talk about this? I don't think this is helpful. I don't think it's healthy. You know, eating five pounds of fried chicken a day isn't good. You know, this, that's just, I just made that up, okay? I mean, you know, whatever it is that they're doing that, that can be hurtful to themselves, to the church, yes, that could be bothering you. But, but is there a sense of, I want to help you. There's sympathy here. God has placed you where you are in the marriage you are with all the limitations that are there so that you might learn to be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful and shine forth the glories of the gospel. This is, this is a big one here. The purpose of mercy is not to produce results. The purpose of mercy is the reward, not the results. The, the purpose of mercy is the reward, not the results. It is, it is this loving relationship with our Father in heaven that eclipses any hurtful or hateful actions that are done against us. Mercy portrays the gospel to others that will bear fruit if we do not grow weary. I was studying this text. It's in James 2. I was studying this text yesterday. I was doing Friday, I was doing some discipleship with a guy in the church. And we're going through scripture together. And it says this in James 2, mercy triumphs over judgment. And we were studying that text. And the idea of that is not, is not that the mercy of God somehow eclipses the judgment of God. No. Because if you read the text, what it's saying is the mercy that you exhibit toward others triumphs over a spirit of judgment. Because we have had mercy, when we're merciful toward others, and the context there was how we treat the rich versus the poor, that whole one, showing partiality. What he's saying there is because I've changed you and I've given you mercy, you show mercy. Don't judge people. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Powerful. Powerful. We can show mercy to others because God has shown mercy toward us. Because aren't we all here in this last verse, the ungrateful and the evil? We know mercy because God has been merciful to us. So we display to others in the face of our love and mercy. The mercy of God in Christ, the very gospel, is what gives us the power to forgive and show mercy toward one another. And that must, must begin in our marriages. The fragrance of love is mercy. It is a pleasing mercy aroma. It's pleasing to God. It's pleasing to others. It's pleasing to our spouse. But the stench of hate, the opposite of love, the stench of bitter unkindness and impatience with others, it really is a stench in God's nostrils and to others. You talked about the cats in my my neighborhood. I I do go after that, and I get it it out of there. Uh, We actually have a little dispenser of of fragrance right by our front door, because I love fragrances. And uh, I think it's lavender. I don't know, whatever it is these days. When you walk by, you hear a little psh. And, uh, you know, it just gives this little scent because it's pleasant to me. I I believe mercy is like a heavenly dispenser of a fragrance that is pleasing to God. He'll help us do it. If If you're stuck in a marriage where mercy is not the prevailing wind, but rather self righteous pride, judgmentalism, unkindness, impatience, Christ has come to give you hope. 
Christ has come to change you and that situation. There is hope, and I want to I pray for you. I, I want to pray that, that God would give you, through the clean waters of his word, because of the blood of Jesus, it would wash away the stench. It would wash away the smell. And there would be a new way. You'd wake up in the morning, and slowly you'd begin to say, there's kindness and mercy more and more. That scent is changing because of God's mercy towards you and me. The cross makes that possible. And that's how I think this applies to our marriages. So let me pray for you. Let me ask God to give you His grace this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening to this. May you have faith that God can give your marriage the scent of mercy and kindness. He can. He will. He will, dear Christian. He will. And if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian and and you're stuck in a marriage that is really, really not good, then I would just say to you, it begins with you repenting and believing in Jesus. And maybe right now the Lord will use this message to draw you to himself. And if so, you find somebody that you know is a Christian and talk to them about it. But let's pray. Lord God, I pray that you would give our marriages the scent of mercy and kindness. Oh, Lord. I pray it would start as we realize the mercy that has been given us. We would revel in that. We would breathe in the clean air of your mercy in Christ. And that we'd be able then to release that scent. However small, however first steps for some of us. or, Or renewing that for others of us. Lord, just give us the grace because of what you've done for us in Christ that our marriages here at Palm Vista would release an aroma that would draw others to the, to the cross. Some maybe for the very first time. But certainly we all need that every day. May our children see it and be reminded of that scent. Whenever they see mercy, they think, that, that was what my parents lived in. Not perfectly, but that scent, I recognize that scent in my home. And I want it for my marriage. And it's only available in Christ. Lord, I pray that in your name, Jesus. Thank you for building strong marriages here at this church. In Jesus' name, amen.